And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, yeah, I gotta kick myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl, my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger, ready to move out. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the captivating Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Anne Southern stars in a comedy episode of Maisie from 1950, but first... It's Beat the Host. In order to beat the host, a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named Jill must correctly answer more true or false questions about Cole Porter than I. Lisa Wolf Hall is our moderator. Lisa, please say hello to Jill. Oh, hi, Jill. So glad to have you with us. Hi, Jill. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Carl. How are you? Hey, good. How are you? Well, I wanted everybody to know that Hollywood 360 is thrilled to participate in the Cole Porter Festival. So we are paying tribute to Cole Porter with special segments each hour. In this case, we're playing Beat the Host. And Cole Porter passed away October 15th of 1964 almost 60 years ago. So for more information on this uh, celebration... The year you were born. Exactly, thank you. For more information about the celebration, you can go to Porchlight Music Theater. So that was 59 years ago. Right, but we're, we're going on to that 60th year commemoration. In any event, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Cole Porter, true Which or false. Which means you're 59 years old. Yeah, I know. Oh my mm. gosh, but you're mm. always going to be older than That's I am. That's true. Forever That's true. and ever and ever. All so, right, Jill, you ready? All right, Jill, true the first false? question yep. is for you. Cole Porter was born in Peru, Indiana to a wealthy family. True or false? False. I think it's true. It is true. Is he rare? Yeah. Sorry, Jill. That's okay. She's she'll, she'll get you yet. Yeah. Carl Cole Porter attended Harvard Law School. True or false? Harvard Law School? False. Jill? False. Oh, darn it. What's the rule of thumb here is to always disagree with Carl? It is absolutely true. What about true. my thumb? Rule of thumb. Oh. <laughs> I don't know about your thumb or where or anything. <laughs> Let's leave it there. Jill, <laughs> I just, just, I just. I'm looking at it right now. What about it? I don't know. I can't look it's at it. Fine. Now. Jill, Cole Porter's first big Broadway success was with the musical. I've got two of them. Are you done? Yes. Was with the musical Red, Hot, and Blue, 1928. True or false? True. I'll say true. It's false. You guys are doing <laughs> great, though. But you're learning something along the way. It was the show Paris. <laughs> Paris, 1928. Uh, Carl, in 1937, a car accident. That was a great year, that 1937. For you, yeah. a car accident left Cole Porter severely injured. True or false? True. Jill? 
False. Thank you. Finally, that is correct. <laughs> it is for false. And it here's was for Carl. a horse riding accident. Oh, a horse riding mm-hmm. accident. Right. Jill, his musical Jubilee. Boy, that was a horse of a different color, huh? <laughs> a horse is a horse. Of course, course of, of course. course. Jill, his musical Jubilee, which opened in 1948, won the first Tony Award for Best Musical. True or false? True. That true. is true. It is not true. It is no. false. It was Kiss Me, Kate. I think I got one right. I think you got one right. So how, how tied, are we doing? We're tied right now. All right. Jill Carl. Uh-huh. Cole Porter had a close friendship with Ethel Merman, and many of his songs were written with her voice in mind. Ethel Merman? Yes. That's absolutely true. Is he right, Jill? It's, I'm, it's, I'm right, Jill. Oh. It's true. It's ah. true. It's true. Ah, here's for Jill. I'm right. up one now. All right. Here's your final Here's your final one. Ready? Who? Who's Who? Jill. Jill's. His song, My Heart Belongs to Daddy, from the musical Leave It to Me, became a signature tune for actress Mary Martin. True or false? Belongs to Daddy. My Heart Belongs to Daddy. I'll say true. It is true. What the heck happened there? There's actually one more question, so it's true. Last question. Carl, in 1956, Mm -hmm. Ella Fitzgerald released Ella Fitzgerald Sings the Cole Porter Songbook. True or false? True. Is he right, Jill? False. It's true. He is right. Wow. You know a thing or two about Cole Porter. Right about... How many did you get? Well, I, I told you I, I, wear, lost track I wear his cousin's shoes all the time. Cole Hahn. <laughs> Cole Hahn. Cole Porter. I think they're related. Jill, you're going to win some fun CDs just for playing the game, okay? And you were a great sport. Yes, you were. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for helping us to celebrate Cole Porter this evening. When we come back, we have The Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. That was me on Memorex there talking about the Classic Radio Club. And if you are a Classic Radio Club member, you are VIP. You get it all. You get the 10 shows that we put out. And these 10 shows every month are direct from the master recordings. They sound incredibly clean, crisp, and clear. And uh, we also put a 12-page historical book in the, in the CDs 
with those 10 shows. So it's five CDs, 10 classic radio shows, a 12-page historical booklet that Carl Shadow and I write. There's photos of the radio stars. It's a really nice CD set. About every 30 days, if you are a classic radio club member, you receive a CD set in the mail. You open it up. It's 10 different shows from, you know, Fibber McGee and Molly, Jack Benny, Amos and Andy, The Shadow, Gunsmoke, Philip Marlowe, Richard Diamond, you name it, we switch it up. And, um, yes, you can join the club, you get that. But because you're VIP, Lisa, we also email you every Monday the full five-hour show that we do. The, you know, we're doing the show here as a Saturday, and then on, on Monday the club members get that podcast, the full five-hour show, along with our Radio Rarities podcast. So, Really, you get everything we're doing by being a Classic Radio Club member. And just an important note, if you don't want CDs, we can also digitally send those to you to your computer, and you can listen to them or Bluetooth them to your car or whatever, so they're just digital download leaks. To learn all about the Classic Radio Club, you just go to our website, ClassicRadioClub.com. I think if you were to try it, and you can cancel at any time, I think if you were to join and try it out, you will absolutely love it. And by the way, you can give this as a gift to somebody as well. Christmas is right around the corner. If you want to give a gift to someone who likes classic radio, this is the greatest gift because you get this CD set sent every 30 days. You get the podcast. So go to ClassicRadioClub.com, and if you want to gift it to someone, just fill out who you want us to send it to, and we'll be happy to do that. ClassicRadioClub.com. Check it out. All right, time now for the Adventures of Maisie. This was, I I really love this comedy series. I mean, it, it was really well done. And Ann Southern, I got to interview her a couple of times. She was so sweet. She played this part to the T. She played an underemployed entertainer, Maisie Revere, and uh, it was a spin-off of uh, a very successful series of movies, the radio show was. Maisie was a beautiful, sassy, street-smart American working girl turned woman of the world. It became a radio series in 1945, and we have a 1950 episode for you now. It's all about her birthday coming up. October 26, 1950, here's part one of The Adventures of Maisie. Hiya, babe. Say, how about a little... Ouch! Does that answer your question, buddy? The Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern. You all remember Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's famous Maisie pictures. In just a moment, you'll hear Maisie in radio, starring the same glamorous star you all went to see and loved on the screen, Ann Southern. And now, here's Ann Southern as Maisie. Yep, I'm Maisie, like the fellow said, Maisie Revere. I'm a gal that knows most of the answers, because, believe me, I've been asked most of the questions. That's why maybe when I met Eddie Jordan, I knew it was the real thing. Eddie and me, we've been engaged a long time now. But we can't get married because Eddie's income ain't been coming in steady enough. But now he's got a good job in a bank. 
in the interest-adding-up department. <laughs> right now, I've dropped in on the bank to see how he's getting on. And also, since it's my birthday next week, I'd better start dropping hints about a present. Because with Eddie, you got to get to work early. Uh, 68 times 10 is 680. 9 into 34 doesn't go. Well, try again, Eddie. Maybe it can. Maybe it can. Maisie! <laughs> Hello, darling. Don't mind me. Just go ahead with your work. I'll just watch. Sure, honey, but the boss, Mr. Gillespie, doesn't approve of we clerks working to an audience. I'll see you tonight. <clears throat> Nine into 34 is... Eddie, I, I just dropped over to tell you you don't really have to. Three, uh... Don't have to what? Well, just because it's only seven days to my birthday, you don't have to spend your hard-earned money just to buy me a present. I know I don't have to. Nine but if two. you're going to be a pig-headed deer and insist on getting me something, I guess there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, your hands sure are tied. <laughs> uh, now, honey, I've got a lot of work to do, and you can be a big help. Oh, you mean like giving me a hint about what I want you should get me? Okay, okay, what do you want? Well, it's, uh, it's pretty hard to think at 10 o'clock in the morning. Maisie, it's 11 o'clock. It is? Well, how can I tell? I don't have a watch. Uh, uh, honey, I know it makes no difference what I get you, but, well, I had another idea for a birthday present for you. Very expensive. Oh, Eddie Jordan, don't you dare tell me what it is. I won't. Nine and After all, I'll just wait till my birthday. Seven long, endless days to find out. Good. Nine and Because by that time, it may be too late to exchange it. Maisie, I don't think you'll want to exchange this gift. And you'll never guess what it is. Well, I won't even try to guess. I know I'll love it, whether it's handkerchiefs, gloves, perfume. Sixteen and nineteen are thirty-five. Plus or even a handbag? Six. Thirty-five. Pajamas? Uh, look, Maisie, let's stop playing 20 questions. It's, uh, It's what, Eddie? It's eleven o'clock, and I still haven't got my work done. Oh, oh, you're right, sweetie. You should get back to work. Yes. I've got some shopping to do anyway. I've got to buy an anniversary present for you. Anniversary present? Yeah. Today's exactly a month you've been working here. And when you hold on to a job that long, it calls for a celebration. See you later for lunch. <laughs> think my fiancé, Mr. Gillespie, will like this girl cigarette case as a gift, Clark? Oh, he should, Miss Cavendish. It's positively dreamy. I don't know. After all, Mr. Gillespie has very expensive taste. He's a bank president, you know. Yes, I know. But he'd just adore this cigarette case, Miss Cavendish. It's the most expensive one we carry. Mm-hmm. Well, then I think I'll buy it. Uh, put it on Mr. Gillespie's charge account, will you? Well, I shall take care of it immediately, Miss. Just as soon as I wrap the gift Mr. Gillespie just bought here for you. For me? Oh, well, I do hope the dear impetuous darling didn't go utterly off his conk and buy me something silly. Something I couldn't hawk. Uh, hardly, Miss Cavendish. Well, I just know I shouldn't even give you a teensy-weensy peek at his gift. If the floor walker caught me, I just know it might mean my carnation. But I just can't resist showing it to you. Weak-willed one, aren't I? All right, all right. Give with a gift. Oh, at once, Miss. There. Yummy, isn't it? Oh. Oh, it knocks me out. 
A heart-shaped pin encrusted with diamonds, rubies, and emeralds. Pounds and pounds of them. Oh, $10,000 it cost, Miss Cavendish. And you'll just drool when you see the inscription on the back. To lambikins from her baby kids. Oh, the dear, dear boy. After him giving me an expensive gift like this, I'll have to get him something else besides just a cigarette case. Oh, but yes. Clark, where is your tie department? Third aisle to your left, Miss Cavendish. Oh, pardon me, there's a customer at the other end of the counter. Yes, miss, something for you today? Oh, yeah, I'd like to buy a cigarette case for my boyfriend. I think I'll take one of those cigarette cases over there. Um, how much are they? Three hundred and twenty dollars. I'm just looking. Oh, Maisie, Maisie. Merton, what are you doing here? I've got wonderful news for you, Maisie. Gosh, ain't it exciting? I'll have to take your word for it, Merton. What happened? Well, I was home in our boarding house, I mean. I, I, I was taking a bath, and the phone rang. Naturally. And when I answered the phone, it was for you. Guess who it was. So I told the party you weren't home. Well, that was quick thinking, Mert. Who was it? None other than the famous glamour girl of pictures, Mona Cavendish. Well, well. Oh, live bait herself. Yeah, she, she said she was an old friend of yours and that you and her used to be on the stage together. Yeah, I remember her. She could throw a bump right from neutral without winding up. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mona, uh, oh, I mean Miss Cavendish, said she wanted to see you and take you out to lunch today. Did she say who's paying? No, no, but since she invited you and had her suite at the Waldorf, well, I thought a rich movie star no, take don't go you... by what's on the surface, Mert. Under those stripes, a zebra is still just a jackass, and I know Mona. All she's interested in is money. Do you know how she gets it? Well, is that important, Maisie? After all, that's her business. Yeah. What I read about her business is real good. When she divorced her last three husbands, she collected plenty. Oh, gosh, she must have, huh? Lunch at the Waldorf don't cost peanuts. Yeah, but Mona's just inviting me up there to show how wrong I've always been about things. She wants to show off all she's got so I can compare it with what I haven't got. Oh, so you're not going, huh? Hmm. On the contrary, I am. Well, I don't understand. If all she's going to do is glow well, at you... that's why I'm going, Mert. She wants me to drool over her diamonds and furs, and I just can't take that chance away from her. Oh. After all, Mona deserves a little pleasure out of life. She really has so little, you know. Come on, Mert. Drop me off at Eddie's bank. I want to tell him to include me out for lunch. Uh, okay, Macy. I I don't get any of this. I I guess I'll never understand women. Well, you're not supposed to, Mert. After all, you're only a man. Am I? Oh, thanks. You come in. You you sent for me, Mr. Gillespie? Oh, Jordan, yes. Come in, sit down. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Er uh, Beautiful girl, that picture on your desk, sir. <laughs> your daughter? My fiance, Jordan. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. Hey, Jordan, I have here a very valuable diamond pin that just arrived from the store. I want you to keep it. Oh, that's very kind of you, Mr. Gillespie, but I really It's could, for uh... my fiance, Miss Cavendish. Oh. <laughs> After tonight, she'll be Mrs. Gillespie, you know. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Congratulations, sir. I... I'm sure Miss Cavendish will be happier with you than she was with all the others. Thank you, Jordan. 
Jordan, I want you to keep this little trinket in your desk so as I won't be tempted to give it to Mona, uh, Miss Cavendish, before the wedding. Uh, she's a very persuasive woman, you know. <laughs> obviously, Mr. Gillespie, obviously. Uh, but I'm somewhat persuasive myself, Jordan. After all, it took a bit of doing to win Miss Cavendish away from that chap she was engaged to back in Hollywood, Harold Lambert. Oh, yes, you mean the one that just lost all his money in Wall Street. Uh, <clears throat> it was purely a coincidence, Jordan, the fact that Miss Cavendish decided to shift her to me just after Lambert went broke. Oh, yes, sir. If you say so, sir. I think so, too, sir. I'll put Miss Cavendish's gift at my desk, sir, and then run out for a fast sandwich. A little behind my work, you know. I want to thank you for having the confidence to put it in my care. No, not at all, Jordan. Your honor is straightforward, trustworthy, and besides, it's insured. <laughs> all right, that's the first portion of the Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern, you uh, you're listening to Frank Nelson. There, he sounds like he has he's like stuffed up, doesn't he? He sounded nasal to me. You know, yeah. and I'm sure you know what would happen back in the in the days of radio. They would cast somebody like Frank Nelson in this part, right? He would show up for a couple of days, the rehearsal, mm-hmm. and then you had the live broadcast. Well, if he got a cold in that time. It kind of was pretty difficult to have somebody else come in, so he probably came in with a cold. Right, it I mean, happens. he definitely is stuffed up there. Um, Ann Southern as Maisie. We have Joan Banks in this show, Pat McGeehan, Peter Leeds, uh, Sidney Miller, B. Benaderet, who was, of course— um, she played, um, not Betty Rubble. She was— Yeah, yeah Betty she Rubble. Was Betty. Yeah, she was Betty Rubble. And she was also the mom— on or the grandma on Petticoat Junction. Right. Oh no, the mom. She was the mom, right? Of the of the pretty girls. She was the mom on Petticoat, uh, Petticoat Junction. I haven't seen a Petticoat Junction television show in so long. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. Know. I remember that show, but I did Petticoat used to watch it. Junction with the train. Petticoat Junction. Anyway, we're listening to the Adventures of Maisie from October twenty sixth, nineteen fifty. We'll get back to it in a flash. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, Sam Spade, Burns and Allen, Have Gun, Will Travel, Gangbusters, and Sherlock Holmes, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Carl Amari and I co host in total you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month become a classic radio club member at classicradioclub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator log on to classicradioclub.com or call 815-900-7535 that's 815-900-7535 and now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right, this is Hollywood 360. So glad you're listening to the show. Wherever you're listening, maybe you're listening um, in California, maybe New York, maybe Texas, maybe in Wisconsin, maybe in uh, Denver. How about Arizona? Arizona. Yeah, we're all over the country. We have 
almost 200 radio stations that carry our show. We're very, very honored. We're also on American Forces Radio, so we're heard on every naval ship at sea. We're heard in 168 countries on American Forces Radio. Such an honor to be uh, beaming all over the globe with uh, these great classic radio shows. And uh, just a reminder, you can get a podcast of our program because lots of our radio stations don't carry the full five hours. Not sure why, but they don't. So if you want to hear every single moment of our program, you'd want to get the podcast. And uh, you can get a lifetime podcast. So for as long as we are doing this show, we will send you every Monday the entire five-hour podcast. Plus, we tack on our hour-long Radio Rarities podcast. We do a Radio Rarities podcast each and every week that gets tacked on to the end of the five hours, and we email it to you every Monday. And the links never expire, so you can listen to us whenever you'd like. I listen. But wait, mm. there's more. Yeah, there's more. You get a coffee mug. We, uh, and it's not just any coffee no, mug. No, it's a good We one. had these custom-made for us, and they've been a really big hit because yep. as much as people appreciate the podcast and all of that and Radio Rarities, they love the mug. You get the mug. You can drink out of the tops of our heads because <laughs> our pictures are on the mug. And, um, it's got I, our logo on do it. Do you People, drink out of your coffee mug? I, I, I do. Do you drink tea? I, I drink hot water with lemon. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that's the truth. Lisa, live that's, a little, would you? Yeah, that's Try that's some big. coffee. Life's no, better. Life is better with coffee. Do you know Trust that I've me. never drank? I have never drank coffee. Really? Right. Well, I drink enough for both of us. Believe me. Um, but yeah, it's a great coffee I've mug. Never drunk. <laughs> you drink your Roma Roma wines, <laughs> that's for sure. No, it's drink, drink. Had never drunk. Uh huh. Anyway, uh, yeah, we send you a coffee mug. Now, don't forget, folks. If you're a Classic Radio Club member, you already get the podcast for free. So don't pay a one-time fee of a hundred bucks to get the podcast because you're getting it free. But if you are not, if you are not a classic radio club member and you just want our podcast, this is the way to go. One-time fee, hundred bucks. You get it every single week for the life of the show, which is years and years and years. And we will mail you a coffee mug our official coffee mug. That is our best deal. And if you want to give us a call tonight, we can, uh, talk you through it, give you all the details, and sign you right up. Yeah, we'll sign you up. Right on the phone. Yep. Um, Carl, what's the number? 815-900-7535. Pretty good. From Thanks. memory, you did that? Of course. 815-900-7535. You can call us. We're here. We'll take your, uh, we'll take your order. Get the lifetime membership of the... Of the podcast. It really is the best I mean, deal. Come on. And, um, it's helped support and the show. And get a coffee mug oh, sent to you. Oh, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're listening to The Adventures of Maisie. Here's a little fun fact. Yeah. It's not really fun because it's kind of sad. But, um, you know, Ann Southern was not the first actress that was um, kind of tapped to play this character, Maisie. As I mentioned earlier, there was a series of Maisie movies, and then it, it transitioned to radio. But um, the very first actor that was going to play Maisie Revere was uh, the very famous and talented and beautiful actress, Jean Harlow. But in 1939, Jean Harlow 
got very, very ill, and she and she passed away at the age of 26. Oh, my god! Isn't that terrible? She had, like, all kinds of oh, stuff wrong with her. So I mean, young. unbelievable. That is not a fun fact. No, but what I'm saying is, the fun, the fun part of it is that um, they chose Anne Southern, and Anne Southern just absolutely made this role her own. She was incredibly funny, incredibly talented, but she was not the first right. actor that was going to play Maisie Revere, Ann Southern kind of inherited it, inherited the role after Jean Harlow passed away at, at only 26 years of age. So did Jean age. Harlow actually take on the role on no, radio? She was, no, 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 no. She no, never did no, it on radio. No, no, She was going to be in the movies. Right. And um, But then Ann Southern got it right. and then, of course, uh, made the transition to radio. We're listening to a Maisie radio program, October 26, 1950. Here's the conclusion. I looked all through the bank, Maisie, and I can't find Eddie. Say, maybe he's in the vault. Oh, they wouldn't put Eddie in the vault, Mert. He's a valuable man, I know, but he couldn't be that valuable. Well, you can't wait around for Eddie to show up. That that lunch date with Miss Cavendish is for one o'clock, you know. Yeah. Well, I'll just write Eddie a note not to wait for me for lunch. Let's see, he ought to keep his pencils in his desk drawer. Oh, but you shouldn't do that, Maisie. Look through Eddie's desk, I mean. After all, you're not married yet. Yeah, maybe you're right. Merton. Hmm? Do you see what I see? What? Yeah, a package, gift wrap. Oh. Say, do you think maybe that's the birthday present Eddie got for you, huh? Merton Fosgruber, if you're suggesting that I open this package to see what Eddie got me seven whole days before my birthday, I'm ashamed of you. Well, I didn't suggest anything, Maisie. But you're thinking that I should. Why, I bet if this present was for you, you'd pick it up and shake it like this. To see if you could guess what's in it. Oh, gosh, it it sure sounds expensive, huh? Mm -hmm. I I wonder if it's jewelry. Merton Falsgruber, how can you be so utterly curious? Do you really think it is? Who knows? Guess you'll just have to wait till your birthday to find out. Well, Merton, I'm ashamed of what you're suggesting. Huh? Eddie would certainly be angry if he found out that somebody had opened this package before it was supposed to be. Yeah, he would be. But he'd never find out if it were rewrapped carefully. No, he'd never find out. Hmm. But it's not a nice thing to do. No, not a nice thing. No. But if I don't find out what's inside, I won't sleep nights. And I'll get circles under my eyes, and Eddie'd be very miserable because it'd be his fault. Yeah. Yeah. He'd start to worry and get sick and wouldn't be able to show up at the bank, and he'd be fired. Yeah. Merton, you just talked me into it. Talked you into what? Opening this package to save Eddie's whole future. Oh, gee, I I sure am a convincing one, ain't I? Maisie, I hope you won't be sorry for taking this courageous move to save Eddie's job. Oh, I won't be, Mert. Unless it's something I can't use. Yeah. (gasps) Wow. Get a load of that pin, Maisie. Gosh, yeah. Just what I just found out I wanted. Wowie. A heart-shaped pin lousy with diamonds and rubies and emeralds. Oh, gosh, it must have set Eddie back at least 12 bucks. Oh, easy. This here is real imitation, I'll bet. Sure, and... Hey, look, Maisie, there's an inscription on the inside from Eddie to you. Oh, to lamikins from her baby kid. <laughs> Merton, isn't that a... Yeah, and it rhymes, too. Ah. Oh. Say, I'll bet none of Mona Cavendish's fellas ever wrote stuff like that there to her, huh? No. 
Somebody ought to show her what true love really is. Oh, no, Merton, now you're going too far. I am? Yeah, suggesting in your sly manner that I wear this pin when I have lunch with Mona so as I can show her something that I've got that she'll never have. I suggested you do that? Maisie, I'm a bad boy. You certainly are, Merton. Why, if I put this pin on before my birthday just to show off in front of Mona, Eddie'd be furious if he found out. Yeah, furious. But he wouldn't find out if I got this pin back in the box and all rewrapped before he knew it was missing. Yeah, he wouldn't find out. Merton, you talked me into doing it. Well, shame on me. Mm. When I call on Mona, I'm going to wear this pin. For her sake. For her sake? Yeah. The poor kid must find out some way what she's missing. The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern, will continue in just a moment. And now, back to Maisie. Hi, Mona. You remember me? Well, well, if it isn't Miss Hardway of 1945, Maisie Revere. Oh, come in, my dear. Lunch is about ready. Oh, well, thanks, dear. I'm so hungry I could eat a horse. Uh, yes, you always had a healthy appetite, darling. But I'm sorry, the Waldorf cuisine is fresh out of horse today. I'm having them send up some roast pheasant under glass instead. Under glass? My favorite dish, darling. Yours, too? Yours. Uh-huh. <laughs> but do let's sit down, Maisie. I'm... Utterly exhausted. All that traveling, you know. Oh, it must be quite fatiguing, my dear. All those round trips from Niagara Falls to Reno and back. Oh, you've read about my rich husbands, I gather. Oh, yes. And still gathering them, darling. Oh, but of course. <laughs> my latest fiancé happens to be a banker. Tonight he'll be my husband. Oh, how nice for you. Is he as handsome as that Harold Lambert you just gave the brush to? Oh, no, this one is much older. And he's more the artistic type. Writes a beautiful check. Oh, well, at that age, it's nice if they can do something. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh -huh. Oh, darling, I wish you could see something. I don't happen to have it here, but my fiancé bought me a gift this morning that will simply knock your eye out. Oh, well, how nice. I hate to do this to you, darling, but my fiancé also bought me a bit of a trinket, and I can show it to you because I'm wearing it under my coat. Would you care to see it? Do I have any choice? No, this is my turn at bat. Look. Th that pin was given to you by your fiancé? Yeah. Pretty little bauble, ain't it? I bet you've never seen anything like this before. That's what you think. Uh-huh. The big-hearted darling just won't save a penny of all that money he makes at the bank. In the bank? The Wall Street Trust? Well, you guessed it, darling. You must be pretty smart. Not as smart as I thought I was. You'll pardon me now, Maisie. I've got to see my lawyer about a little heart bomb suit. Well, I don't want to rub it in, Mona, but you should see the inscription he put on the back of the pin. It said... Two lamekins from her babykins. Yeah. Hey, how'd you guess it? A little bird whispered it in my ear. A cooked goose. You've got to believe me, Mr. Gillespie. I didn't know a thing about it. If there's anything I can do... Would committing Harry Carey on yourself be asking too much? Gosh... Isn't that a little drastic? Well, what do you expect me to do? Congratulate you? 
Not only did Mona storm into my office and break a golf club over my head, my best putter, but she's also suing me for heart bomb and wired Harold Lambert to fly here from the coast and marry her. She's marrying him instead of a banker like you? Yes, and after I'd already taken out a marriage license. Oh, I feel miserable. Yeah. Two dollars wasted. And at four percent interest, that would be... Oh, what's the use? Get out, Jordan. You're fired. Ooh, just wait till I get hold of that blonde saboteur, Maisie. No, I don't understand why you did it, Lamikins. Can you tell me again slowly? Well, don't you understand, Eddie? I didn't know that your boss, that, that he... Well, that she, that I, that you, well, that the pin, well, you can't blame me for that, can you? Can I what? Eddie, Maisie means that when she opened it and put it on, that it was intended from him to her instead of from you to her. Well, exactly. Thank you, Merton. You have such a clear way of explaining it. Uh, it's okay. Thanks. Th that's why you really can't hold it against her, Eddie. I could if I knew what to hold against her. Maisie... How can you do so many dumb things in one day? Well, it's easy when you use your head. Eddie, where are you going? To return this pin to Mr. Gillespie. Then I'm going to a psychiatrist. Well, you... You still love me, don't you, Eddie? Yeah. That's why I'm going to a psychiatrist. Well, Maisie, at, at least Eddie does understand. And he's still nuts about you. Yeah, he's nuts, all right. I don't deserve it. And that there Mr. Gillespie sure must be a louse. Firing Eddie for such a... Such a natural mistake. Yeah. Mert, hmm? I just got to get Gillespie and Mona back together. If any two people deserved each other, they do. Yeah, but how are you going to do it, Maisie? Mona is marrying that fella, Harold Lambert, tonight. But if I went to that wedding and sort of disillusioned Mona about him, Gillespie might get a chance to straighten things out with her. And give Eddie back his job. Uh-huh. With a raise, maybe. Yeah. Then you and Eddie could get married and live happily ever after. Oh, yeah. And we'll have kids, a home, a car. So you can see, Mert, we got to do it for Gillespie's sake. Yeah, for his sake. Exactly. Uh-huh. Now, I've never seen Eddie's boss. I mean, ex-boss, I mean. Oh. But, but if Mona's what he wants, Mona's what he's going to get. Now, I'll just get into my stage makeup. i got just the right outfit to wear so Mona won't suspect it's me. Then at the wedding tonight... We are gathered here tonight to witness the marriage of, um... Uh, Mona uh, Cavendish. Oh, thank you, yeah. I just can never understand my own handwriting in these marriage certificates. <laughs> uh, the marriage of Mona Cavendish to, um... Uh, 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 Samuel Gillespie the third. No, darling, darling, you're the fourth for me, remember? Yeah, I don't care how many you've had, my dear. Now, I realize what a truly unusual woman you are for believing my story about that diamond pin and deciding to marry me instead of that, uh, that Lambert man. Oh, Sam, I just knew you were the only man in the world for me when you gave me that beautiful $10,000 pin. <laughs> yes. How did you know it was worth 10000 I had it appraised. Yeah. Uh, Continue with the ceremony, Judge. Mm, no. Um, and now, before I pronounce you two, man and gold digger, <coughs> I mean, uh, man and wife, is there anybody present who can give just cause for this marriage and not be consummated? I do. She does? You, you, you do? Say, what is this? Yes, who are you? 
Don't you recognize me, darling? I'm the wife you deserted 15 years ago in Pittsburgh. That's a lie. I was never in Pittsburgh. Yes, you were. It was so dark there, maybe you couldn't tell. Darling, is this true? Uh, no, I never even saw this woman. Don't give me that. It's never that dark in Pittsburgh. So, Mr. Gillespie, you deserted a wife already. And now you want to marry another one. Oh, darling, you can't bring home another wife to live with us. We have such a small house. Uh, Mona, darling, this is some sort of a joke. Well, if it is, I don't appreciate your sense of humor. How could you even think of marrying me without even getting a divorce? Yes, and giving me enough money to support our Ethelbert. Yes. You have a child? This is ridiculous. If I had a child, would I name it Ethelbert? Besides being cheap, you were all so nasty. Well, all this is rather irregular. Are you certain somebody hasn't made a mistake? Yes, I have, almost. Wait, don't go, Mona. Look here, miss. Oh, please, darling, missus. Our son, remember? Aha, that's where I've got you. Where is proof? Proof that I'm the father of this, this Ethelbert. Well, so he wants proof, does he? He wants proof. I said he wants proof. Here I am, Daddy. You're, you're my son? Uh-huh. Ah! Well, it could be. He looks like an Ethelbert. Hey, Mona, you've got to believe me. I've never been married, so this can't be my son. He is, and I can prove it. Yes, how? Son, tell him. I admit it. Well, that's enough proof for me. I'm calling this wedding off, Sam. Sam? But I thought you... Here, Mona, darling, please marry me just this once. I wouldn't marry you now if you owned all the banks in the world instead of one measly one, Mr. Gillespie. Gillespie? What did you say? I said, no, you stay in here, son. Gillespie going. Oh, I'm the one that's going. The next time a man asks me to marry him, I'm going to make sure there isn't any other woman cutting in on my alimony. Goodbye. Well, so that's all she wanted, eh? Yeah. Just your money, Mr. Gillespie. Oh, you're a lucky dog to have found out in time. I'm sorry, Mr. Gillespie. I didn't think... I'm the one who didn't think. Look, miss, I don't know what all this deserted wife thing was about, but I owe you a debt of gratitude. If there's anything I can do to repay you... Well, yes. uh, You can give Eddie Jordan my fella... But we'll give him back his job. Oh, sure, sure. I'll even raise his salary two dollars a week. Oh. Well, and one more thing, Mr. Gillespie. Um, I'd like you to talk to Eddie and ask him something I simply have to know. Certainly. What do you want me to ask him? Ask him, um, what's he really getting me for my birthday? In just a moment, we shall return to The Adventures of Maisie. Now, once again, here's Maisie. Well, so Mona married Lambert, and she's off for Niagara Falls again, as if the falls needed another drip like her. And Mr. Gillespie learned his lesson, too. He's one fellow that was all ready to embark on the sea of matrimony that was glad he missed the boat. <laughs> Funny thing, though. I can only be sorry for girls like Mona. True, she has mink coats and sable wraps, but, well, you can't take it with you. And where Moon is going, it'll be warm enough without him. Well, I gotta rush back to Eddie and tell him his job is waiting for him again. And I was really only kidding about being so curious about what Eddie's getting me for my birthday. But I sure hope it ain't a book to read. 
I already read a book. You have just heard The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern. Maisie was written by Arthur Phillips. Original music was composed and conducted by Harry Zimmerman. Supporting cast included Pat McGeehan, Joan Banks, Sidney Miller, Hans Conried, and Frank Nelson. Jack McCoy speaking. That's The Adventures of Maisie from October 26th. 1950. It's Maisie's birthday. She thinks her boyfriend, Eddie, is giving her a priceless jeweled pin. Well, it didn't work out that way. Also in the cast, B. Benaderet, Frank Nelson, Hans Conried, Sidney Miller, Joan Banks, Pat McGeehan, Peter Leeds. Great cast on The Adventures of Maisie. Hope you enjoyed that. I want to remind everyone listening that we only have nine more days to save the Bold Venture Radio Series. And uh, we're trying our best to uh, get to a funding goal that would allow us to transfer, professionally transfer, all 78 episodes of Bold Venture. And we have a lot of people that have, um, that have helped us. We only have nine more days. We're about 60% of the way to our funding goal. So if you can help us... We sure would appreciate it. Just uh, search in your search bar, Bold Venture Kickstarter. Bold Venture Kickstarter. It will take you right to our page. You can pledge whatever you want, and uh, you will actually be able to get all 78 episodes of Bold Venture in pristine sound in either digital download links or on 39 CDs. So do check it out. Please help us out. We only have nine more days Bold Venture Kickstarter. That's Bold Venture Kickstarter. Time for this month in music history. And we're going back to 1981 with this song. I've been waiting for a girl like you to come into you know my life. I've been wa- Yes, me. I'm singing. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Girl this like is Waiting you. for a Girl Like You, 1981 by Carl Amari. Yeah. Released on the album number four. Peaked at He's number good. two on the that, Billboard he chart. He is good. He is great. He is Wish something. Wish I could sing like Carl Man, Amari. me too. Wow. Yep, he is good. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, thanks, Lisa. Sure. Wolf. More of Hollywood 360 after this. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families, too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. In our next hour, Gerald Moore stars as Detective Philip Marlowe. 
in an exciting adventure from 1950. We'll also need a caller to play Name That Tune. That's right. It's going to be all Cole Porter songs if you are a how fan. Did I, how did I guess Give that? us a call. 312-642-5600. Caller number five. All right. See you soon. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.